0: Hello and welcome back to Witchfix. I'm Sarah and today I'm going to be talking about Dark Magic which is the Wicker series book four by Kate Tiernan. I had a little bit of a break between reading the first three and then reading this book because I just wanted to get on with reading some other things that weren't this series to be honest and also because these books have a very weird feel to them with the circle of three books which is like the nearest series i can compare it to there's a very clear feeling of this is the book that's about this thing and this is the book that's about something else and the plot line is very like this is what happens at the hotel at yule this is what happens at the samhain ritual and and they're very broken up like that and you can read one and then go away and then read another one and you can definitely remember what happened in each one with the wicker series or the sweep series if you're not in the uk and ireland there is no sense of that. It feels like you're reading one book that has been, for some reason, split into 15 different volumes. Each book ends on a sort of cliffhanger and then picks up immediately from that in the next book. So when you're reading more than one any one time, you kind of start to forget what happened in each one because you're just following the same set of plot lines through the book and certain things do happen and there are plot points that you can maybe pin down to being in a specific book but it does generally feel like the plot isn't really being split up into chunks to go into the different books it is just continuing and you buy the next book it's sort of like a a serialized tv show instead of a book series which is very strange but i decided to take this one out and give it a read because i've been putting it off for a while the previous book left off with a fight between Morgan and Cal and Hunter. Hunter was trying to arrest Cal under the name of the council and he'd put a a sort of silver rope around his wrist that was burning him uh, as an attempt to control him and stop him using magic and Morgan fearing that Cal's life was in danger stabbed or hit in the neck Hunter with her athme and then he went over a cliff into the river and was presumed dead and that's where the book picks up uh, with Morgan helping Cal back to the house and taking care of him and then with her going outside to see if she can see any sign of Hunter and because she can't she calls 911 and says that she's seen someone fall into the river anonymously and then she sends a witch message which is sort of like um, a kind of thought message to Sky Eventide who is Hunter's cousin saying Hunter's in trouble he needs you he's gone into the river and then everything's quite swiftly covered up Cal's mother gets rid of Hunter's car uh, and they sort of all pretend that it hasn't happened and the first part of the book is Morgan kind of dealing with the idea that she might have killed someone and it's not incredibly well put across that she feels guilty occasionally she says things in her in a monologue which is like I still felt so guilty but most of the time she's preoccupied with other stuff like to do with her friends and family and it's only rarely that she kind of thinks, oh, yeah, I might have killed that guy. There's not a huge amount of guilt there. And I put that down to the author, obviously, knowing that Hunter isn't dead and that he's going to make a, a reappearance later on in this book. I'm going to give a trigger warning for this book because there's quite a lot of um, emotional, uh, abusive shit in here. And also um, there's like a side plot line to do with Morgan's sister that involves sexual assault. Um, bear, bear that in mind if you're going to read this book. This one actually made me start liking Morgan more as a character. For starters, she decides to finally confront her ex-best friend, Brie, about the shit that Brie's been doing behind her back and and kind of picking on her. Uh, And they actually have like a physical altercation. And she's like, I'm not going to stand for this anymore. And you're just jealous because you're used to me being your sidekick. And you can't handle that. I've now got a life of my own, which I think is quite true. Because I know Brie just has that kind of it girl feel about her character so morgan finally gets a spine and that's all really cool and then around page 44 we start to get an impression that maybe things are not going so well with cal and his mother and morgan's relationship and this all kicks off because in the previous book morgan discovered her mother's tools uh, her magical tools from the bell wicket coven And she tells this to a lady at the local Wiccan shop. And this lady is also a blood witch. And she says, you should bind those tools to you as soon as possible so that they can only be used by you. And she gives her a ritual to do this. And Morgan goes home. She performs the ritual. And then later on, Cal's mother asks, oh, hey, I hear you found your mother's tools. Maybe we can like work together and I can show you how to use them. And, you know, they must be very powerful. And Morgan's like, oh, I bound them to me. So they might not work if you try and use them to teach me things. And then there's a lot of awkwardness. Uh, And it sort of becomes very clear that Celine has ulterior motives to do with these tools because she starts talking about oh well we can unbind them from you that's fine and you start to get an iffy feeling about her and Cal and that is because in book four we finally find out that well we finally find out what any reasonably intelligent person could have told you in book one which is that Cal and his mum are about 80 miles of bad road and not the heroes of the piece that they've been talked up to be Uh, cal reveals his true colors through various sort of actions he's very strange throughout the book he's kind of trying to get her to come and meet people at his house he's not really taking no for an answer on the question of the tools or her coming to meet the rest of the woodbane coven and then you find out that him and his mum are actually woodbanes which is something that he denied in a previous book so a lot of lies are revealed and it gets quite interesting this leads Morgan to meet up with Hunter, who is obviously not dead, and Skye, and they kind of talk to each other. She finds out why they're there, and that basically that there's this plan that Celine has been executing all over the shop, wherever she goes. She starts up a coven, she identifies the one blood witch or two blood witches who might be drawn into it, um, and if they're Wood Bane, she recruits them to her main coven, and if they're not, she kills them and takes their powers and that's how she's been making herself stronger. So basically, although Morgan's family are also Woodbane, they were from a coven of good Woodbanes who had eschewed black magic. She starts to have real issues with the fact that Cal and his mum are traditional Woodbanes and that they might not be up to anything good. So she decides to confront Cal about this, which is stupid because she goes by herself and, you know, know nothing good's going to happen and surely enough cal bonks her on the head puts her in a car and drives her to his house locks her in a a magically spelled room so that she can't escape using magic and then sets the house on fire which is one hell of an acceleration essentially I, i think he does this because when he's talking to her, it's it's been sort of his modus operandi for his mum to go and seduce young witches and bring them into the coven so that she can exploit them and take their powers or recruit them. But on this occasion, he's developed what he thinks of as loving feelings towards Morgan. But it's mainly an attraction to how powerful she is and he can't handle her rejecting him. So he sets the house on fire while she's locked in it. So... I think we can all say safely when I was reading book one, I'm like, I don't have good feelings about this cow guy. I was right on the money and I don't understand why it took four books to get to this point. But there we go. All of these books, to be honest, could have been smushed into one book of reasonable length because they're only about 180 pages a piece. So you could have smushed them into at least like do two books and then they're 400 pages each and that would have been fine. But, you know, and in the end, Morgan escapes from the fire because she sent out witch messages to literally anyone who would listen. She sends one to Robbie, who is her human friend who's part of the coven. She sends one to Bree, her ex-best friend. She sends them to Skye and Hunter and then everyone shows up to save her. And it looks like her relationship with Bree is now going to be repaired now that obviously Cow's out of the picture and they've had time to work through some of their shit. So that's all very exciting. Cal and his mother at the end of the book have disappeared without a trace. And I've just started reading the following book, uh, number five, Awakening, uh, and hopefully that's going to deal with the search for where they've gone or what they may have been up to. The other major plot point that is covered in this book is the dark wave, which is the phenomenon that destroyed the Bellwicket coven that Morgan's family are from. And it essentially killed everyone and then razed their village to the ground. Uh, And this had apparently happened to other covens in Scotland and Ireland. And that's what Hunter had been investigating. And that's what led him to Cal and Selene. And it's unclear at this point if they are somehow responsible for the dark wave or if it's just something that they're exploiting. But he has this idea that it's being caused by summoning dark spirits spirits of things that have never been alive so i'm assuming things like demons and various other nasties uh, and sort of binding them together and creating this dark wave so hopefully we'll find out more about that in the next book as well i really liked this book um It is hitting some nice um, witchy fantasy points. There's some particularly nice moments where Morgan finds that by using her mother's athme and kind of tracing it over the pages of her mother's Book of Shadows, she reveals secret messages. Um, That's very cool. There's a lot of secret rooms going on, which is also nice. I kind of want my own secret room now after seeing everybody else's. And generally there's a lot more kind of active magic stuff going on. Uh, and nice little rituals and things, which is also nice. I'm quite enjoying that. It's definitely, there's some a, a definite feeling of witch fulfilment going on in this book. One thing that I really liked was page 106 and that's where they say, um, basically, Morgan is asked by one of the guys who runs the wicker shop, you know, who do you trust? And she thinks to herself, That when she'd had this conversation previously with another person who runs the shop, she'd said that the only person that you really have to trust is yourself and your inner knowledge. And I think that's really important. That's how we navigate our spiritual paths is by trying things and, you know, checking with ourselves internally and being like, does this feel right? Does this feel like it's nourishing my soul? Like it's coming from my spirit. Does this feel like something that I'm meant to be doing? And... That's like your inner compass that kind of guides you through. And I think that's really important. And it's definitely something that Morgan has not been using for the last three books because the aforementioned bad road of Cal. just she should have seen that coming from like a mile off. She seems, ostensibly, she's meant to be quite intelligent. I don't really understand how she didn't see this coming because he was kind of acting like the bad guy, but with like, you know, twirly moustache action. And it was pretty clear that his mum was sinister AF and that she was just hiding a bunch of stuff. But now that that's all out in the open i'm excited to see where the plot goes next and now that everyone sort of knows who's the good guys and who's the bad guys how those groups will come into conflict something else that crops up in the plot and is revealed through the content of the secret messages in morgan's mother's book of shadows is that she had fallen in love with someone who was not the person that morgan has identified as her biological father so that was a guy called angus But she is writing about a a different um, guy called Kieran, who she believes is actually her soulmate, which has that incomprehensible, like, Gaelic term for it, which I can't pronounce and I'm not even going to try and say. But she knows that Angus isn't her soulmate, but she thinks this guy might be. But that after she confesses her feelings to him and maybe sleeps with him, it's unclear from the diary entry, she finds out that he's already married to somebody back in his home village and has two children with her. And if that guy is actually Morgan's biological father, like if Kieran is her biological father, it means that she has two half siblings out there somewhere, which is interesting and something that we might see in future books. But it isn't clear if Kieran or Angus is her biological father at the moment. She definitely thinks that it's Angus, so I'm going to assume that it is. But we shall see. I'm sure that's not the last we'll hear of this mystery woman and her two children. Also, now that Cal isn't the one leading the Cirrus coven, which is the one he set up with Morgan and some of her school friends. It might be now that Morgan takes over Cirrus because she is the blood witch that they have. Or that Cirrus will join up with Kithic, which is another coven of uh, Morgan's express friend Bree uh, the kind of angry goth girl Raven and Sky Eventide she started that group so that they might merge and become one big coven don't know stuff's gonna happen there that's gonna be interesting having started the next book in the series it does pick up right off of the end of this one and I'm already starting to kind of blur the two together in my mind I am having a lot of trouble keeping them separate so what I am trying to do is just record <laughs> the episode for that book straight after finishing it before I have a chance to get confused. Um, it's not like a bad way to write a book series I just feel like they didn't have to be this short and because they all came out in like 2001-2002 it feels like they were already written and then just released kind of episodically and when you're charging four ninety nine, so like £5 per book uh, and they're this short it does make me a bit Annoyed for people who bought them when they were new because I don't think they should be this short I mean you could definitely squidge two of them together. I keep saying squidge squidge Two of them together into one book and it would still make sense like this book and the next book probably round each other out Plot wise quite well and definitely the first two three books could have been one book as well And they are now released like you can buy the sweep collected ones which are collected into like three book lots Um, as one solid book and I definitely think that that's the better way to read them but having said that I am really enjoying this series I'd be enjoying it a lot more unreservedly if they would just stop using the word wicker it annoys me because it's it's kind of conflating the two things together and it's like what you're doing is fantasy witchcraft so just say witchcraft you don't have to say wicker and then we all know where we are and you can make up your own rules for it whereas what this is trying to do is kind of use the wiccan rules like um like a lot of the tables of correspondences that, that you know they're using the same correspondences they're using the the five elements to do spell work meditations and things like that and that's all wicked and then at certain points it just jumps straight off into i looked at a candle and the flame lit itself because i'm magic and it's like if you just called that witchcraft i would have gotten on board with you a lot sooner because at the moment you're kind of mixing two different things and it's a little bit confusing for me. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and do stay tuned for the rest of the wicker slash Sweep series. If you'd like to get in touch you can do so by Twitter which is at witchfix or by email which is witchfixpodcast at gmail.com. You can also donate to my Patreon and that is in the description box and that would be very helpful with buying the final three books in this series which I still haven't gotten around to finding online. In the meantime I'll see you in the next episode. Bye!